drove all the way back home to Austin, and I still woke up here. One time I smoked a bunch of crystal and made it all the way to Equatorial Guinea. It was a huge waste of time. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We, uh... We were going to do an OSP today, and this is not the first time in 2020 that we were going to do an OSP, and then we watched the movie. But uh, yes, in lieu of doing an Oscar Sprint Profile, we have an episode formatted and shaped like an Oscar Sprint Profile, but we both, Mike's, think it's going to end up being a movie event review podcast. Instead, I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. Mike, what are we talking about today? I thought we would be talking about a fun rom-com where... You know, it's light and it's funny. Instead, we're talking about the meaning of the universe, our perspectives on friendships, romance, relationships, how we view the world. And the stakes could not be any effing higher again, somehow, when we thought we were just doing a silly little episode. Yeah, we're reviewing Palm Springs today, the dual effort that just was released today on July 10th from Neon and Hulu. It was available now on Hulu, uh, and uh, like we said, we were going to do an Oscars print profile or an OSP, so that's how we formatted this episode, but uh, like Mike just told you, it's a little heavier and maybe more bizarre than we originally thought or intended this movie would be, and so we don't think it's probably going to have many award season legs, even in the odd year that is 2020, but uh, who knows, maybe we'll get all stuck in a time loop and this will be the last movie any of us see so for the purposes of this episode you will have a non-spoiler half a spoiler warning and a spoiler section following the spoiler warning i guess we can dive right into it michael and we will start talking like we always do about the production profile for palm springs yeah palm springs is directed by max barbacow who's been a documentarian of mommy i'm a bastard we should have known in Collision Bend, uh, Barbacow won a bunch of film festival awards for his breakout short film, The Duke, which has a much longer subtitle in 2016. That probably landed him this job. So that's a, an optimistic way of looking at this. He had a short <laughs> filmmaker who broke through uh, with his first narrative attempt, and he got himself a job with this feature film. Yeah, there you go. Palm Springs is written by Andy Sierra, who's come up with Barbacow writing his short film, The Duke, but also writing on the AMC series Lodge 49. Which I tried and I didn't like, by the way. I don't know. Is that the Jason Siegel one or I don't think it was Jason Siegel's the son of Kurt Douglas that you didn't see it. You have no idea. He lives in his car and he wounds up going to a lodge. They're all wearing fezes. These are all just words to me. It's on AMC. I figured you'd watch it. It's cable television. No? <laughs> no, if it's not a reality program lately, I'm not interested. Okay, understood. Uh, anyway, Palm Springs stars Andy Samberg of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, SNL Hot Rod. That's my boy. I made sure to put that in it's there. It's such an underrated movie, but I'm also it's saying not. that having not watched it in 10 years, so I'm sure it's- it doesn't hold up well. It is not an underrated movie. First disagreement of the pod. <laughs> There'll be more. And uh, pop star Never Stop Never Stopping, which, again, I, a lot of people love. I'm not necessarily a fan, but I think we're both fans of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, SNL, Hot yes. Rod. And this is in the vein of pop star, I think. It's, like, pretty niche. Andy Samberg, I, I guess he's kind of spreading his wings a little bit because it's not just a straight comedy or sarcastic mm-hmm. genre, but uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about whether or not it works. Anyway, Sandberg plays Niles, who's trapped in this time loop with Sarah, played by Kristen Milioti of How I Met Your Mother, Black Mirror, one of the better episodes of Black Mirror with uh, Fat Damon there. Oh, God, that was great. And great sci-fi, by the way. <laughs> That's Jesse Plemons, for those of you who haven't Thank listened you. to us since our beginning. Fargo and The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, she was also in those. 
We also have Oscar winner from Whiplash, J.K. Simmons. He plays Roy. Simmons, of course, is J. Jonah Jameson in the original Spider-Man trilogy, and you'll certainly recognize Simmons from the Farmer's Insurance commercials. Dum da dum da dum dum dum. Yes, those are pretty good as insurance commercials go. <laughs> okay, but for the good. record, I agree. anyway. I keep saying anyway because this yeah it's a big cast with a lot of big names somehow mm-hmm. because you have Nebraska's June Squibb you have Winters Bones Dale Dickey I shouldn't use the plural twice there <laughs> you have the OCs Peter Gallagher you like that throwback and his uh, eyebrows yes those eyebrows are okay, still wondrous uh, you have Search Parties Meredith Hagner Riverdale's Camilla Mendez Tyler Hoechlin Chris Pang and Tongai Teresa. Palm Spring had its world premiere at this year's Sundance Film Festival. It was nominated for a grand jury prize, and famously, it sold for a high price of $22 million on a $5 million budget that went to Neon and Hulu, who went in together in this joint endeavor. It's getting a release on Hulu and at the drive-in theaters starting yesterday or today as we record this on July 10th. Yeah, last I looked, the critical reception is an 81 Metascore and 96% on Rotten Tomatoes via 78 reviews. The audience reception is a 7.4 on IMDb and a 90-something percent. Uh, let me just click that again. All right, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So yeah, and I saw like an 88 this. Metascore last I checked. So, I mean, maybe it's going down, but it's it's high. Got high marks across the board. Yeah, I can't read good. Maybe I got to get my eye che- eyesight checked. 84 Metascore. Wow. Not, not good that I'm the one out seeing you, if that's the case, but I, I assume the numbers changed. So yeah, you wear you uh, nothing Coke bottle glasses. Right. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> the plot premise for this one, when carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding, things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. We've been over this premise before, uh, especially when reviewing the trailer for Palm Springs. This is one of the more misleading premises of all time. Yeah, carefree is a very light way to put that. That is that is misdirection. Yeah, <laughs> because so is not being able to escape the venue, by the way. True. <laughs> so let's talk about our expectations, because this was entirely a different movie than what I did expect. I did not expect it to go so heavy, so dark, so thematically aggressive at times. And we're going to get into that in spoilers, I suppose. There are a little bit in non-spoilers that's coming up. But I-, I was shocked to see this movie try and tackle the themes it was trying to tackle. Yeah, I don't know if I was that surprised by what I got. I, I-, I- Andy Samberg always tries to, especially in these types of movies, he gets a little heavy. Like, Popstar has some heaviness to it, even though it's mostly ridiculous. And there's always moments of this. Maybe there was more in this than I'm used to or was expecting. But So you're uh, telling me that John Paul Sartre's No Exit is somewhere in That's My Boy. That's what you're <laughs> telling me? It's not, I mean, maybe not that extreme. Did I but, miss that? Yeah. It's, uh, I think, look, I, well, that was a Sandler film. When it's, when it's the Lonely <laughs> Island guys, they, they try to shoehorn some stuff in i don't i'm very mixed on this movie and i know you're you're probably you're probably more down than i am and i i I, the way i ended on this movie is i think it's just a very pleasantly forgettable movie and i wasn't expecting that i was hoping it'd be more impactful to me all right well let's dive into it production values is going to be a short review here i think the editing is the best thing about it but it's kind of a double-edged sword like there are too many montages in this yeah this was like you as a child getting to eat candy for breakfast but then that's all you eat all day so now you have a stomach ache because of it because you love your montages but this was nothing but montages it's kind of exhausting (laughs) at times and i'm really surprised i'm saying this because i love montages Mm -hmm. and i love the early montages in this 
this story. And then there's a few like real highlights that are, and it's really funny at times. So the mon- some of the montages work, or some of the moments in them work. But oh my god, too I wonder much. if we're more forgiving towards the montages for this type of movie because. Groundhog's Day was so reliant on them, right. and this kind of took Groundhog's Day and just uh, it wasn't the exa- it wasn't a carbon copy by any means, but it just it relied on some of the tropes that Groundhog's Day did before it, and I think that's why, at least in my mind, I was like, oh, I, I get it, it's a montage because some of the funniest parts of Groundhog's Day were from their montages, right. and they kind of took that idea and ran with it in this movie. Well, trying to convey an endless time loop. And in, in, literally an infinite time loop. Right. I guess you gotta go the montage route to to make this feel like more dense. I suppose. Right. The the arduous perpetual repetitiveness of this time they're living in. Sure. Anyway, let's get into performances. Niles is a nihilist who needs to change. Do that you get so, it? <laughs> so on the nose that it makes me angry. But Andy Samberg does a good job. I mean, this is kind of a lane for him that makes some sense. It's like a toned-down Andy Samberg at times when he's trying to go for the dramatic stuff. And then, obviously, he's the Andy Samberg that we're used to when he's being kooky and having fun with the situation. So it's a bit frustrating, I would say, his performance. I think his character is frustrating to me. What'd you think? He was not the of the two main characters, the one that kind of wowed me most. But again, it's it's pretty much. I don't think he did anything that was unexpected for me. I had less of an issue with uh, the focus being on him than I think you did. But I understand you you have a very significant gripe with it, and it's completely understandable. And when you explain it, I agree with it. But yeah, of the two of them, I was much more wowed by uh, by the Sarah character than I was by the Niles character. Yeah, I liked his Act 1 performance. After that, he kind of loses me. But yeah, Kristen Milioti really is the breakout star of this, I thought. I I thought she should have had more POV time as the quote-unquote protagonist, even though she does get a lot. Why it wasn't in her POV the whole movie, that that's kind of frustrating to me, and I, I'll get into it in a minute. But she she really was fun. I loved her delivery on some lines. You don't expect a face like that to be talking as much trash as she talks, which is really funny. That's the thing I kept thinking of when she was doing all her, all her like, I'm the cool girl type stuff. What a missed opportunity for How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if she came on the scene too late or what, but having her just play the mother role in that at the end and only being in a couple episodes and being this sweet and innocent girl, I mean, she has this capability in her. She's a damn fine actress, and I I think she would have actually melded well with that cast if given the opportunity to play a couple seasons with them. Well, it's like Rose Byrne, almost. She's so pretty, and you don't expect her to be <laughs> such a battle axe. And I love that about her. I really do. I love it about Rose Byrne, and I love it about Miliati here. She's I just she's so hard-edged. So, yeah, kudos to her for going to 11 in that regard. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. But let's get into script thoughts real quick, because this movie, it's just much more raunchy than I ever thought possible. And I felt like this was trying to turn me against the movie at times. Like it was so gross. I don't... I didn't get that at all. I'll be honest. And even... I saw you write that and I'm try, I've am i been trying to rack my brain thinking about what moments in particular you're thinking of. I it's a lot of sex. There's a lot of sex. There's all the some. There, I mean, there's, there's, there's two scenes. The awkward funny, I just don't have a high tolerance for. I really don't. That's another reason I can't watch reality TV. And like you, you said it in the last episode. I, I just I can't go there. And I, so this movie like really 
put me, skeeved me out many All right. times. All right, I can understand that. I get it. I, I, I didn't think it, it was that unbearable, but I, you know, I, we've talked about we're not men that are equipped to deal with sex in any way, shape, or form in real life <laughs> or on the screen, so it makes sense. Despite all that, there's a lot of laughs. So this movie does make you giddy at times with the plot in one way, and you get some laughs about the plot, which is fun, because, you know, time travel and these infinite time loops things, they, they're fun to think about. They're all, all they're all about speculation and what if, right? I mean, that what if is fun to explore and, and to play around with. So we have a lot of laughs based on all these alternate realities and how this day can go off the rails in so many different ways, which I thought was fun. And then to have them mix it up and, and be weird about it all is you know they, they they made me laugh a bunch of times yeah i i there was laugh out loud funny moments in this i completely agree with that uh as well uh the, the inappropriateness was mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if that's classified as awkward humor as well but that that gets off the rails at times and that suckered me in and i was guffawing at a couple moments so it's a movie that really has a difficult tightrope to walk in terms of its tonality. Like it's taking big themes, never mind, but it's taking like some serious situations, sadism, and all this stuff. Like I wasn't, I wasn't expecting the violence. I wasn't expecting that stuff in this movie. It's, it got dark, but it does manage them fairly well. I've seen it done worse. Let's just say. There's some reality in this that's kind of harsh, and like any good stuck-in-a-time-loop movie, we know we have the montage of Suicide and Groundhog's Day, Mm -hmm. and obviously they test the limits of that in this one, too, and there's this theme that keeps coming up that Andy Samper keeps saying, uh, there's nothing worse than dying slowly in the ICU. It's like, the the death is is fake, but the pain is very real. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, I thought this was a comedy, what are you doing to me? I know. So they had to, like, spread the laughs right. around. They couldn't be too funny too often because you're dealing with other shit, shit in this movie. But what what frustrated me most is that this movie, at the end of the day, embraces rom-com conventions. And I wish they tried to subvert them more often. They do subvert them in a sense that... Uh, you know, the, the rom-com conventions play out at uh, really awkward moments, which I did enjoy. But the fact that they embrace more of the bigger rom-com moments, like it's just frustrating to me. Like, I think this movie could have been so much more than meet cutes and then, you know, the budding new romance and like most rom-coms are. Like you have this lived-in world where you're literally showing all this dense montage that should have conveyed more characterization, I guess, at the end of the day. And instead, they're just at this point A in their relationship and they don't really get beyond that. Like That just pissed me off. Yeah, we have the same issue, uh, big issue, with one of the big scenes of this movie. And it is a rom-com convention. And it would have been so much better if they went the full Monty with uh, circumventing it or subverting it. And they start to, and then they don't, and then it's just like any other rom-com. And it, I, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. I agree. When you promise to solve the themes of existence and then you don't even try, that, that, that makes me mad. And this movie does neglect the science fiction completely, which to me was a tease that was kind of dirty pool there in the trailer. It seemed like they were subverting everything from Groundhog Day. And here's a different way to play with this science fiction. And I'm a science fiction guy, so you got my expectations up with all the theoretical ways you could have changed this uh, t- kind of story. So to merely use it as a narrative device to tell a ro- romantic uh, tale. 
that 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 again kind of made me angry. That's the biggest difference between the way you and I uh, digested this film is that you wanted your science science fiction fix, and when I they did. went away from that, I was more relieved because I'm so tired of movies preaching to me about what time travel is and how it works, and I, I'm glad they didn't get into that. And if you were expecting them to get into that, yeah, you're going to be let down, and they absolutely just brush it aside as a means to an end, and it does nothing for any kind of science fiction appetite that one may have especially based on what we saw in the trailer, like you said. So, yeah, I completely understand that. When we reviewed Avengers Endgame, I remember in the prep, you were like, no time travel debates are allowed. Yeah, exactly. I, I wrote like 10 pages on a time travel right. debate, and I thought that would have been fun. <laughs> you didn't want any I can't fucking it. handle it. I can't. It's all fake, people. <laughs> you realize that. But I just think a movie that's grappling with those things, you know, at least try, but they, they didn't try. There were dinosaurs anyway. in this, Mike. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. The antagonism ultimately didn't make sense in this movie, and I think we're both going to agree on that later on. At the end of the day, I just think this movie bites off much more than it wants to chew. It's like a little kid at the table shoves his mouth full so he has two big chipmunk che <laughs> cheeks of food, and then he just goes, because he can't be bothered to chew it. How upset were you that this took place in and around a wedding and we didn't see any wedding-type food? I was very upset. Yeah, the food game on this. They had one burrito, but no, not enough. Maybe that's the ultimate you know, reason I don't love this movie. The biggest, the mortal slight on the Also Mike review board. All right, so it's not an Oscar Sprint profile. I don't think this is going to be up for any Oscars. It, I, no, not even in this year. Absolutely not. Uh, is this a watch still for you? I'm going to give it a good grade. I know you are, too, at the end of this. I enjoyed my time, but I stand by my assessment at the outset. I think this is a pleasantly forgettable movie. I think I'll remember Popstar more than I'll remember this one, to be honest with you, outside of the uh, the Sarah character and the portrayal there by, by uh, Kristen Milotti. I think I want to rewatch this movie, so I guess that means I have to give it a watch. Or that's just me maybe checking my work here today. I don't know. I, that's I'll quick. report to you guys on MMOW, I guess, next week. But. It's very quick. It's 90 minutes flat. So it's a right. fun, quick watch, especially, I mean, it's raining today. It was like the perfect day for this type of film for me. So, yeah, I'm a watch, too. All right. Well, let's get into spoilers. Spoilers ahead. This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. 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 Spoiler section for the Oscar Sprint profile question mark of Palm Springs brought to you by Mike, Mike and Oscar. Uh, what we thought was an OSP is probably more of a movie or event. And, but anyway, you heard the spoiler warning. So if you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause. Go watch it on Hulu right now. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back to hit play. If you've seen the movie already, if you're just curious to hear our thoughts or if we've hyped up the spoiler section, and you want to know the meaning of life. I don't know if you'll find it here, but you can keep listening anyway. Uh, this is where you want to be. All spoilers all the time from here on out for Palm Springs from Hulu, uh, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Michael, you had three disqualifying worsts for you in this film. 
Yeah, that's the immediate carryover to start with, I think. Bottom line, my number one worst, is that he does not deserve her. (laughs) And this is the most frustrating part of the movie for me. I thought she should have dumped his ass at the end of this movie because he disqualified himself in their relationship, which I understood completely because he took advantage of her to the and, and sexually too. Yeah. He took advantage of her the way he manipulated her the thousand times they had sex before she even realized they yeah. were in a time loop together. And to me, that's disgusting. Like, why would she ever speak to this man again? Never mind after he gives this half-ass speech at the end declare her love for him yeah this is the one of the two biggest worst for me as well and it's glaring and it's pretty awful and he's basically uh he sees her as prey (laughs) and they have a conversation i mean not only does he does he take advantage of her and he's the one stuck in this time loop and that's the premise of this i guess we should start there and then get into why this matters andy sandberg is alone in this time loop and he eventually drags the sarah character with her with him so she uh, gets stuck later on but well after he's already entered this time loop so he's living in groundhog's day and as part of his his living in groundhog's day he tries to sleep with random people even though it takes a lot of work and he ends up sleeping with her a billion times thousands of times is what he says even though she confronts him about it point blank as soon as she enters the time loop and he lies to her so you have two uh different types times of manipulation and him just outright lying and being deceitful towards her and then still she falls for him by the end of the movie which is outlandish this story would have worked if she dumped his ass yes. at the end. If he was stuck in the time loop forever yes. and she was able to move on, this movie works for me. Or he the- comes to join her and she says, you don't belong with me. Right. Yeah. He's But he can't end up with her at the end of this movie. That's absurd. Because what? They goofed off together in a few montages? Because they had sex once and it seemed kind of meaningful? Why did they see dinosaurs? I wrote down for the dinosaur twist, uh, I'll take twists that still make more sense than what happened in the final act of Parasite for 600, Alex. So I'm okay with that, uh, and that's no. just me being a troll. But yeah, it didn't make sense. It was out of nowhere, but I guess it kind of fit the tone. I'm with you in that them ending, even if they were to go into the cave together, which I know we're going to talk about ending the time loop, but even if they were to go into that together and she was to say, look, I don't know if you're the one for me, but we can at least see what happens, I would have been more okay than just her being like this lovesick puppy because she's a strong, independent, you know, she fucks up. She's a well-rounded character. She's a badass person. And then she's just fallen for this guy who just has done nothing but manipulate and lie to her. (laughs) She does all the work. I'm going to get into the, what the work is, but she does all the work. And then he just gets, jumps on the bandwagon at the end after giving her just this half-ass speech where he's like, I've already lived the fate worse than death. So I would rather not do that anymore. And I can't imagine doing that without you being somewhere in my reality. So it's like the lamest speech I've ever heard. That was my second biggest worst as well, was that speech. Like, okay, he doesn't want to be tortured for the rest of his infinite existence. So he'd rather, you know, test this theory that they're going to blow each other up in the time loop and hopefully they get out. And they are you. There's no choice for him, is what I'm saying. Of course he would do right, that. Right, right. You know, what do you want? A hope or 10,000 years of shit? I agree. But they, they set up that moment, too, his big speech of being so 
she was going to circumvent it and they go like to the nine yard line. They just couldn't score from there. They, she, she says, stop. She says, don't let him. She plays this game. You get one more sentence and it's a run on sentence. And, and they, he does give the big speech as to why it happens. And it was so close to being perfect. How you could have just circumvented the entire trope of the big speech at the end where the two fall in love, where she could have cut him off. And then she could have given the speech of like, look, we, we either, we don't belong together. We can't be together or we're going to go do this together, but it's no guarantee. We're going to end up together at the other side of it. But they did none of that, and they did the regular rom-com stuff, like you said earlier. This this is every rom-com. There's a yeah. flurry of scenes where he has to realize how stupid and wrong he's always been, and then he tells her he's stupid and wrong at the end, and of course she immediately forgives right. him. If that's catharsis for him, then we are holding relationships with in such double standards that I, I get <laughs> insane. Like, this is not love. I may be Hadaway in my real life. What is love? <laughs> baby, don't hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me. I may be that way in my real life. That but was I a know joke this for is, me. <laughs> this is not love though this is not love this is not the the reason for them to be together like she has no reason to to maybe she can forgive him but there's no reason for her to say yeah let's build the rest of our lives together that worked so well before well he does stuff i mean just to play devil's advocate he does stand up for her until he thinks that she ditched him which she did and good for her but he does stand up to her to her parents when she's not around and being like maybe she doesn't she's scared. know that. I mean, she doesn't you're right it's all in the background but it's not like he didn't have a heart of gold. Like, he's not this out-and-out out despicable character, even though he is, if you look at his actions. But he's he's written, I was going to say drawn, he's written as somebody who is a decent human being, even though, if you study his actions again, he's not. So, uh, I, I guess I understand it. I don't like rom-com tropes to begin with, so to hear you go off about how it doesn't work warms my heart. Well, more things don't work, so let's get into my number two disqualifying worst. J.K. Simmons is caught in this time loop by Niles. He's really ensnared in it. Accidentally, I guess you'd say, but they, you know, we have this fun, let's take all the drugs in the world scene, and he's so drugged up that he accidentally, <laughs> you know, sends J.K. Simmons into the cave. All right, gross, really effed up, fine. J.K. Simmons hunts and tortures him. There, there are flashes to, like, him doing a hostile situation, torturing this man to death how many times. But, of course, J.K. Simmons becomes the mentor of the story who... When Niles visits him, he has this beautiful family, and he tells teaches him about family values in that scene. Are you effing kidding me? We, we have this antagonism built in, and it's very clever how they built it up. And then they're stuck in this time loop together, but of course, J.K. Simmons just gave up. And the, the, the people the, writing this just gave up on that conflict. Yeah, the conflict definitely is punted halfway through, but you're right in everything you say. My rebuttal would be the laughs that J.K. Simmons gave me up to right. that point, I think, are worth the uh, the punting away of the storyline. Because especially upon his character's introduction, the first time we see him, I la he shoots Andy Samberg with an arrow <laughs> in the middle of Andy Samberg making out and getting ready for sex with, with Sarah for the first time. Yes. I laughed so hard at that because Sarah is screaming and Niles is screaming and this guy in camouflage with a bow and arrow is coming out of nowhere to chase down Niles. Niles, and Niles knows who it is. It was just all so funny. Every time J.K. Simmons was on screen, until Niles goes to his Roy's, his character, J.K. Simmons' character's name's house, I it was laugh out loud funny. 
Well, I was even laughing out loud when he does go to the house and his son is watering the poop. (laughs) 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 And how he explains that. That's hilarious. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, There's a lot of laughs in here, but I just, I don't think it worked at all. uh, Oh, they punted it. You're absolutely right. They absolutely gave up on it. Come on. I mean, again, there's no dilemma at the end of the day with this plot. He's also... J.K. Simmons is a little hypocritical because he gives this big speech about how... A little. Well, right. Just a little. (laughs) Right. It's like, well, in in a lot of ways, I guess, but thinking about it. But he also says the worst thing in the world is to go through this alone. And I thought the purpose of that was you need someone who's going through this time loop with you because then at least you understand that you have someone who understands what this monotony is like. But the very next line he says to Niles after saying that is, it's time for you to leave and I never want to see you again. And it's it, to me, it was like, wait, but Niles can be going through this with you. He could be the guy. I understand what they were going for was, it, you know, you want to have a life partner and J.K. Simmons at least has his kids and his family and he has that every day, every day. But I thought the message was, in a meta sense, going through this time loop alone is misery. And I thought it was going to be a friendship building moment between him and Niles. And he just does a 180 on that completely and says, you got to get out of here. I never want to see you again. And it's not even Niles who saves J.K. Simmons in the Stinger scene. It's it's Kristen Milioti, Sarah character, who actually left them a voicemail. Hey, here's how to get out of it. And, it, and I thought that was a, a fun way to... I didn't even see to, that. Oh, it was, it was cool because J.K. Simmons goes to Andy Samberg's character at the wedding and he's like, hey, did, did it, I guess it didn't work. Or, and Andy Samberg doesn't know him, so he knows it worked. And therefore, you know, he'll get out the same way you presume. So, you know, J.K. Simmons will get out as well. Wait, the wedding happened clever. again? For J.K. Simmons. There's a stinger scene where J.K. Simmons oh, is at oh, the okay, wedding. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. Anyway, my number three is really to get out of a time loop after you have this brilliant montage of her doing the work to figure out what the hell the time loop is, reading quantum physics books, talking to experts online, going to the diner every day. That's why he doesn't see her anymore, because she's diligently figuring out this situation like a boss. And all she has to do is blow themselves up inside the time (laughs) loop. That's it. Are you kidding me? Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, again, as a sci-fi nerd, I'm actually into this premise. And I thought they were going down the road, traveling down the road of, all right, let's let's set this thing up. Let's write ourselves into a corner. And then let's cleverly get ourselves out of this corner, this jeopardy, all that stuff. And then they just don't give a fuck. Yeah, they really don't. Again, it didn't bother me as much. But certainly if you're looking for that, you're not going to get it. I do like when films get creative and it's a gamble every time you do and certainly they they just didn't want to they didn't want to get creative here they was just the the time loop was just the backdrop for everything it wasn't the right. real issue in the movie even though it was a huge issue uh, they didn't treat it as such because if the explosion if the answer to getting out of it is just blowing it up how, i mean how much thought does that really take to me it's just a lazy well, way to tell a story about a long time romance yeah where people just settle for each other and, and this is not a good reason to settle for each other in my opinion like this is not a reason to to love somebody well we at, talked at about this day. yeah i mean there's a there's a huge overarching sadness to this movie i mean the niles character is constantly drinking constantly trying to numb his the pain of reality uh there's a lot of conversations and dialogue about people just 
they get married because they don't want to be lonely and they're just submitting to the, the feeling of loneliness even though it kind of inhibits them and they don't really care about the other people. They just more care about themselves. There's a lot of selfishness and agony and, and self-deprecation to all these characters and all their views on life and that doesn't ever really get resolved. I get why he loves her. I get that. I don't get why she loves him at the end of the day. And, you know, for him to realize that, you know, she's the kind of person that he wants to be with, that makes sense to me. But when you flip it on its head, she has no reason to to be with him at the end. Like, why? Like, he should be the last person she wants to see at the end. Like, she should be like, fuck you. I mean, the fact that she forgives him to to let him join her on this. All right, fine. But after that, like, why are they together in the last yeah, scene? It's, I just... it's the original sin of this movie is that there's no, yeah. I mean, there's no basis for, I guess, because they took mushrooms together and saw brontosauruses roaming. Like, there's no, there's nothing he brings to the table other than fun. And she, for their part, she says that outright. I can see life being more whatever or less mundane with you in it basically is her reasoning for accepting him at the cave at the end so they do at least acknowledge that much but still that's not enough to have them end up together male female double standard and this is written by men and it's just like such a half assed way to 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 do it at the end of the day maybe they're going maybe they're trying to be funny with that at the end of the day you know, just try to say, all right, guys, you know, don't put in any effort, really, in re- regards to relationships and women ha- have to do all the work. But it's just like it's just like they're validating their own rationalization. And I didn't expect to deal with that, to have to grapple with that in a silly comedy about time travel, necessarily. So the fact that this movie set up those expectations with its plot and then just said, fuck them. Yeah, that that that's what frustrates me the most at the end of the day. If the if you didn't bring those up and it was just this cutesy me cute. I mean, that's what rom coms are in many ways. And that's why they are optimistic and romantic. It doesn't necessarily try to solve all of romance for everybody. It's just uh, sometimes a little push or a nudge of encouragement to people saying, hey, this could be fun and this could be meaningful and maybe we won't solve everything. But this movie to resort to that after, you know, just putting out these themes, these dark, ominous themes, it doesn't work for me. It was was better than one in Rome. It was better than when in Rome, but it didn't get deeper than Kate and Leopold. Can we just say that much? I thought it was going to get deeper than Kate and Leopold, which is also a time travel romance between Hugh Jackman and I think Meg Ryan. It didn't. What's the Keanu one where they leave the letter in the mailbox? The astronaut's wife? No, uh, that's uh, Charlize Theron. All right. Well, it's something about a mailbox yeah, in the title. Yeah. Who wants to remember that? <laughs> but you're right. It's... <laughs> All right. Well, I already went over uh, some of my best in, in, in just trying to play devil's advocate here because there are goods in this movie. But let's at least end on a happy note here. Uh, what do we have for best here, Mike? I loved how Niles was an unreliable narrator or I guess just always having been, li- you know, lived in this uh, reality before the plot even starts. We come to realize that pretty quickly that he's just doesn't give an F and that he's been yes. here all along. We don't he doesn't even know how long he's been there. Right. 
like he doesn't even he says he doesn't even remember what he used to do in real life so i wonder if that's true even though it might have been bullshit she calls his bullshit in that that scene they have in the tent but bottom line is i thought it was a really smart setup i really loved act one i thought it was a fun revelation when you realize that he's been navigating this world for so long and that's why he's so smooth and cool and he's not even the person we thought he was right so that, that that's fun to realize yeah i appreciated his approach as the protagonist because we are all uh, we were so much expecting groundhog's day just from this premise and groundhog's day was about a man you keep putting that in the plural it's called groundhog day well there's Not there's he relives day. them multiple times over that's my yeah. saving grace anyway right. <laughs> it was about a man coming to terms with the repetitiveness and the perpetuity that he was living in this is a guy who had already lived through that and so this is like the next step he's trying to guide someone else through the mundane and the repeating and he's already mastered and done everything he's not trying to commit suicide for the first time just to see what happens he's done all Mm -hmm. of this already so i did appreciate that i thought that was a a, a clever way to approach this script in general uh and i I agree he's the worst mentor he's the worst mentor character ever because he doesn't care like you said he's totally given up and and a lot of that a lot of the funny comes from his giving up like you said so I loved all the fun and games of them becoming friends, too. I mean, this is a ridiculous plot that you better have fun with, especially if you have this many montages. I enjoyed all the what-ifs, like, oh, what if the bride knocked her front teeth out? What if, yes. you know, he's acting like a fool at the wedding, but he also gives the best, you know, speech ever, according to June Squibb, who's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of funny how she's the one to decide who gives the best wedding speech ever, both with him and Kristen Milioti. So that, that that's that's great. I enjoy how they become friends, how that culminates in that choreographed dance sequence where their costumes are hilarious. They have the red scarves around their necks. They have the uh, jean jackets. They both have the black pants. Hilarious. I loved it. You and I need to practice that and just go into a bar and do a synchronized dance like that and then just walk out and leave. I think that's where this podcast is all headed to. Probably. I would have paid money to see... I am a straight man. I would have paid money to see how far Peter Gallagher and Andy Samberg were willing to go in a sex scene with one another. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a funny killed me. Mystery. Yeah, that was really funny. Hell, I loved how he got J.K. Simmons involved, even though I didn't like the drug stuff. But it, it, you created a really evil antagonist in that moment. Yes. They just didn't follow through on it, which was frustrating. Uh, so... I loved her redemption at the end. The fact that you built up some real conflict, some horrible stuff for her to have to deal with. I thought they really crossed all those T's and dotted all those I's at the end with some, you know, rough stuff that she had to do to make things right, at least in her mind. So for her to live her best day on her last day there, that was fulfilling to me. And I I thought they nailed that part of it. You said you would have rather her been the protagonist and I disagreed at first because I thought that uh, Niles had the bigger arc to go and he does have an arc to go but she certainly has the juicier plot points uh, with her character if you think about it I mean waking the reason she wants out of this time loop is it's a pit in your stomach when you realize what it is when you realize what she whispered to her sister on her wedding day because she thinks coming clean is going to break the time loop and then she realizes that doesn't happen and then she wakes up later on and she had just slept with the groom the night before the wedding uh yeah there's certainly a lot there and i think that just speaks to Kristen Milioti's acting ability I, i i would love to see her in more stuff and in serious dramas too i thought she was really really good there's a lot to reckon with there, and she does it wrong, then she does it yeah. right, and 
you know, if they took that amount of care with the science fiction, even if it was bullshit at the end of the day, which of course it is, it's all hypothetical anyway, but at least if you try to figure it out, not just say, hey, we blew up a goat and the goat didn't come back and then we'll blow up ourselves. Right. Come on. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I'm fine with it, but yes, I I think I would have been more frustrated if they gave a half-assed speech about why the time loop works more so than I am with them saying C4 and blowing it up as a way out. Well, this movie gives in to being a rom-com, and I don't think it should be a romantic comedy. I think it should be a science fiction story that you have this romantic B story failing at the end of the day that's what this movie should have been and the fact that they make the rom-com triumphant is absurd to me and they don't care about any of the sci-fi after a great sci-fi premise you know it was underrated funny too everything you said right there is right but also jk simmons that roy character not knowing niall's name after hunting him (laughs) for years hilarious which is which is (laughs) kind of ridiculous yeah absolutely absolutely but that's why i appreciated it i i agree like this movie made me laugh probably 20 times so at the end of the day it's hard to give this a terrible grade because i just maybe i'm an easy laugh but i i really appreciate laughing at, at at a story and it wasn't just the jokes they told it was the plot developments those made me giddy at times which is probably why i'm so disappointed at the end of the day and i give it like a disappointingly high grade somehow Right, because I, I still think it's a B minus. I still think it's worth watching. I kind of want to rewatch it myself, but B minus at the end of the day because it could have been so much more, and it disappointed me. Yeah, I was a B. You've probably talked me down to the B minus range. If not, then I'm right on that line myself. And it's just perfectly forgettable. It's a pleasant yeah. movie that I think kills 90 minutes for you, and I don't think you need to watch it more than once really i know you said you're going to rewatch it and hopefully you you do gain something or some kind of more perspective or something more interesting on second watch but i can't see myself ever diving back into this movie again to be honest with you well i guess i don't blame you at the end of the day but i'll i'll probably check myself with it because i'm a glutton for (laughs) punish these kind of punishments not reality tv punishments because i'll never watch it you suggested things i will never watch in that last episode and i don't mean to offend you but never like i re-listened to it i love but of horse and men is totally fine we're just gonna get right to that (laughs) of horses and men seem like it's grappling with some oh it's grappling it's grappling all right I'm gonna have to see it. I'm gonna have to see it at some point. Uh, yeah, for for what I think is a far more entertaining episode and far more uh, filled with laughs, you can go check out our last episode of our top five uh, other Mike review wish list, which was something interesting. Unfortunately, yeah, we're both a little disappointed here with Palm Springs, but nonetheless, we do want to know how did you uh, take Palm Springs in, and how did the film register with you? Were you disappointed, equally disappointed, like we are, or do you find some bright sides? Do you think we're overlooking or being too harsh? on something we want to hear that from you as well as any other comments questions concerns criticisms issues etc you can leave with us we are mike mike and oscar on facebook mike mike and oscar on instagram at mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available everywhere you hear podcasts if you continue to quarantine with us uh we cannot thank you enough if you would be so kind on the apple podcast app if you have it at your disposal if you would go on there and just click the five stars to leave us a five-star review that would help us out greatly michael we have a lot of stuff actually for a change coming up uh what do we want to review next and what are some words of wisdom to end on here on mmo so we have first cow greyhound the old guard they all got excellent reviews and we're considering you know reviews of each of them in one way shape or form so the what's coming next is also the words of wisdom stay away from other people 
and watch <laughs> movies this weekend. So this is the start of it. I'm glad it's just the start. Hopefully those other three movies are you know a little more satisfying yeah. than this one yeah. was. But who knows? I'm going to rewatch this one, and I'll report back to you folks, like I said. Well, there you go. Quick, easy, digestible, and probably a little disappointing this movie was, which is a shame, but we have other ones on the horizon. Uh, we're going to get an Oscars year out of this movie year, one way or another, goddammit. So stick with us, guys. When reality sucks, you can come watch these movies and hopefully share some laughs with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.